Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a meaty middle about how experts use writing to solve crime and a tidbit about the phrase, in cold blood. And now, on to looking at how investigators use word choice and sentence structure, along with other writing-related characteristics, to solve crime. We'll learn about graphology, questioned documents, and forensic linguistics. When you hear the term forensic document examiner, you may immediately think of someone who analyzes handwriting— Forensic document examiners do look at handwriting, but that's only one part of their job. Let's start by looking at the differences between a graphologist and a forensic document examiner. The more common name for graphology is handwriting analysis. A graphologist studies handwriting to try to determine a person's character and emotional state. Graphologist Andrea McNichol, quoted in Psychology Today a few years ago, said, quote, Just a handful of lines can tip me off to a person's general intelligence, emotional stability, characteristics as a leader or follower, their level of honesty, frequency of drug use, and physical activity level, unquote. Some consider graphology to be a fad or pseudoscience, however. The CIA's online archive of documents from the Center for the Study of Intelligence contains an assessment of graphology, and it states, quote, Graphology as a means of assessment has been lumped with astrology, phrenology, and other systems for reading character from physical characteristics, such as length of fingers or color of hair. Handwriting is, however, a product of a person. There is therefore some reason to expect it might tell something about him. Unquote. Now, back to forensics. A forensic document examiner compares a document from a known source with a questioned document to see if they're written by the same person. According to the American Board of Forensic Document Examiners, Incorporated, someone in this field analyzes and compares, quote, questioned handwriting, hand printing, typewriting, commercial printing, photocopies, papers, inks, and other documentary evidence with known material in order to establish the authenticity of the contested material as well as the detection of alterations, unquote. For example, an episode of the true crime show Forensic Files chronicles a case in which an Arizona murderer used an envelope with a manufacturing flaw, and this flaw was so unusual it helped lead to his conviction— Investigators identified a suspect, and when they found some envelopes in his office, 
a forensic document examiner compared the flawed envelope used by the killer with the envelopes from the office, and the two samples matched. They had their guy. The idea of comparing documents to see if there's been a forgery, for example, goes back a long way. According to a brief summary of forensic document examination prepared by the National Institute of Standards and Technology, as far back as the 3rd century, jurists were addressing ways to determine forgeries. Fast forward to modern times when Daniel Ames wrote one of the earliest treatises on forgery in 1900, and to 1910 when the American Society of Questioned Document Examiners had its beginning. On the other hand, forensic linguistics, a specialized area of forensics, is a fairly new science, and it's concerned with what's called an idiolect, defined by Merriam-Webster as, quote, the language or speech pattern of one individual at a particular period in life, unquote. It's how you specifically say things. Forensic linguists analyze these patterns to identify who wrote a document— from a ransom note or a letter to a manifesto or a book. An interesting example of how a killer's words were used against him in court is the case of Brian Hummert. In 2006, he went on trial in Pennsylvania for murdering his wife. Forensic linguist Robert Leonard, formerly of the music group Sha Na Na, testified about the idiosyncratic use of contractions, among other linguistics-related issues in Hummert's known writing, and in certain questioned documents brought out at the trial. According to a news article, Leonard explained how none of these documents contained contractions of positive phrases, such as I'm here and here's instead of I am and here is. However, negative phrases such as cannot were sometimes contracted as in can't. Leonard said, quote, I've never seen this skewing of contractions in the bodies of writing I've evaluated, unquote. An especially famous case in which forensic linguistics helped solve a crime was the case of Ted Kaczynski, better known as the Unabomber. Between 1978 and 1995, Kaczynski mailed bombs to universities and airlines, killing three people. And in 1995, he sent out a 35,000-word essay about the problems of modern society. After it was published, David Kaczynski thought he recognized his brother's writing style, Ted, and contacted the FBI. An example of Kaczynski's idiolect was that he liked to write, you can't eat your cake and have it too, instead of you can't have your cake and eat it too, and his odd way of phrasing it showed up in his manifesto. So criminals beware. Highly trained word nerds can nail you with your syntax, your use of idioms, and even your paper and envelopes. Wasn't that fascinating? That segment was written by Bonnie Mills, author of The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier, who blogs at sentencesleuth.blogspot.com. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. 
find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages. And you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. And now on to cold blood. It's December and it's cold outside, but that doesn't mean you're walking around in cold blood, unless you're also ruthless. So what does in cold blood mean? This phrase describes a cruel deed done with deliberation and without mercy. A murder performed by an emotionless killer, for example. The phrase arose from the medieval idea that blood is the seat of all emotion. Back in the day, if you got angry or passionate, your blood was thought to heat up, even boil, as in, I was so mad my blood was boiling. In the same vein, no pun intended, medieval folk thought that when you calmed down, your blood cooled. Thus, if you did something in cold blood, you did something unnatural. You did something violent or passionate, but without your blood heating up. That was clearly a sign of your cold-heartedness. This phrase first showed up in the 1500s and was likely invented by Shakespeare. But perhaps its most famous use came in 1965 in Truman Capote's nonfiction book, In Cold Blood. In the book, Capote recounts the 1959 murder of a family of four on an isolated farm in Kansas. When interviewed after the crime, the killers seemed to show little emotion or regret about their actions, coolly describing how they shot the family members and left the house with a take of $40. From what we can tell, they acted in cold blood. So that's your tidbit for today. Use the phrase in cold blood to describe a dirty deed done coolly and without emotion. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. My book, The Grammar Devotional, makes a great gift for the language lover in your life. It's like a tip-a-day calendar, but in book form. That's The Grammar Devotional. That's all. Thanks for listening. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday 
and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.